tried the new coke since they've changed the flavor so they uh, say the, of the diet yes yeah the, the coke zero yes uh, do you like it better the same yes better like it better it is better it's weird yeah i mean I'm, I'm still not fooled that it's coke like put it next to coke i'm not gonna say i don't know which is which uh, yeah but this you get that sweet up ahead and I think what gives it away that it isn't real sugar is that it doesn't have a finish. Yeah. Like, like it starts off like, like sweet Coke in your mouth and then it's gone. Like the moment you swallow it, like if you, you drink Coke, that sugar stays in your mouth for like seconds afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, but, but not this, it's weird. It just goes away. It's yeah. ghost Coke. Except when you drink as much as I do, then you just start tasting it all the time. <laughs> So you're saying the taste just lingers in your mouth until you finally swallow. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, the sugary drinks, I didn't realize how much of a finish it had and, until I, I tried the new Zero. It's not keeping you from it. It's good. It's better than it was. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but public service announcement to everyone out there, do not let your Coke Zero, don't, don't, don't keep it past its time because... Maybe the new formula is different, but the old formula, if you had that too long, that flavor would go off and off horribly. Yeah. How long can you keep regular Coke? Yeah, I mean, you keep it for ages. That I'm talking the, the new Coke, again, old formula, can't tell you about the new one. Like, after a few months, if you didn't drink it, it would go off. So you could get a old batch at the store if they didn't switch things around. Is right. that just zero, or does that also uh, happen for like Diet Coke? Just zero. It's, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I, the only way I drink Coke is in a Cuba Libre. Run the Coke. Line. <laughs> yeah. That that is it. And I don't have those for a long period of time in like autumn and winter. Usually, it's more of a spring summer drink. So I've got like some of those little mini Cokes uh, in a cabinet, and they've been sitting there for quite some time. Oh so boy! I was wondering if I can drink those or not? Yeah, they're fine. I don't, I don't drink it without without rum because uh, oh. Francine and Jerry uh, would stock up on Coke Cherry Zero for me for their uh, parties and stuff, and uh, they wouldn't drink it, so it would just sit there. And I oh remember my. one party, I was just like, "Blah! What the hell's wrong with this shit?" And what was really funny is everyone else was drinking it, and what? It was just like, none of you are noticing this? Jesus <laughs> Christ. I stopped drinking sodas like a while ago. I'll have, like, iced tea now. That's about it. And now when I drink a soda, it's just absolutely gross to me. I feel I like now I know what it actually tastes like. <laughs> me, I'm a, I'm a Pepsi man anyways. I like Pepsi oh, over Coke. Yeah. Look at you. One of the few. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if that's a Canadian thing. Who knows? But forever young, man. Come on. <laughs> Pepsi forever young. Yes, completely. Uh, the two go together. Forever preserved. But, uh, but Barry, you're not wrong. Sodas are drinking candy bars. Yeah. When you're drinking a soda, you are drinking a drinking candy. Yeah. I, I've had to change my, my thought process on that over the years. Rum is made from sugar, and yet somehow there's more sugar in the Coke. I don't get it. 
Well, that's okay. Once that alcohol turns the sugar in your body, you got more sugar again, so you're all good. See? It all wins out in the end. (laughs) Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 605. I am Master Torgo. Commander K. Maple Leaf Matt. Blarg! And we're here to talk week and geek. Yeah, Andy is off doing caricatures. Darren's friend Jeff is with Darren (laughs) in Disneyland as we speak. So I'm sure we'll get a full accounting of that next week. I can't wait. I can't wait. (laughs) A full accounting on where they stayed, how they got there, what happened on the trip there, uh, the the snacks they got along the way, the places they stopped to eat, right? Uh, Each place they parked along the way, which restaurant had the best parking. (laughs) To make a long story short, you were too late. Uh, but he he's, did go to Avengers Campus, so I am anxious to hear how that went. I saw a picture of him eating some shawarma, so it's Disney shawarma. I don't know if that's good or bad or what. It's probably loaded with sugar. I, I'm sure it's fine, but I'm sure it's not great. If you want great, there's like two restaurants at Disneyland in the park you could go to. The rest are like, bleh. I will give Disney the benefit of the doubt for food. I am not a Disney head. I hate to watch any of the Disney movies. I can't stand them. But I love Disney parks and Disney cruises and stuff because the food and the service are both amazing. I'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on the food. We'll wait to see what Jeff says. And he will say a lot. (laughs) I know. I can't wait. I cannot wait. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I'll tell you what I was disappointed in, though. Oh, oh please, was, give me disappointment. I was disappointed in Florida in the uh, the food at Black Spire Outpost. Really? Yeah. It wasn't amazing. There were a couple things that were nice looking, I guess. But Ronto Roasters, it's just a like a sausage and a pita. What the hell is that? So you're telling me the Ronto wrap isn't the culinary joy I was told it was going to be? It is not the culinary joy that you have been made to believe it is. No. <laughs> it's okay. But but it's, it looks like it's been cooked by an animatronic. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. That Okay. The really only way it would be better if it was cooked by Kiss animatronic. Yeah. Because you just, at least have it show while they're making you your Ronto wrap. Like, look at those pathetic animatronics. Well, it wouldn't burn because it's jerking over the top of the fire, so it wouldn't stay in one place for long. Well, it, that's probably what Barry was doing when they were making jerking it. over the top of the fire. It is. Barbecue! Barbecue! <laughs> barbecue. Yeah, it's better than the Coke Zero podcast. Oh! Oh my god! Todd, get me some ointment for that burn. Oh, oh. Is there a podcast about sodas? Yeah, earlier I'm earlier sure. today. What the hell were you listening to? <laughs> I meant like a real one, not a shitty Kirsten one. I will bet you there is one, but I doubt it's long running. Shitty Kirsten one? Todd started it. <laughs> I'll tell you this, though. Um, we are spoiled because we had the experience of Star Trek The Experience. And at the, uh, the, the Star Wars thing, at the Black Spire Outpost... And this pissed me off the last time I went uh, to the one in Florida. We went to the bar. 
And the bartender, I finally looked at the bartender mixing drinks. They're not mixing drinks. They're just pouring pre-mixed stuff out of the wall. They have no ability to doctor my drink. I said, hey, can I get a little change on this thing? Can I get this this cool, like, crazy green space drink, but with just like a little bit of this on the side? And he's like, no, nah, we can't do that. We can't do anything. You're So they're not bartenders. Nope. They're just yeah. soda monkeys. They are the uh, Vegas equivalent. We have those crushed ice drink shacks they're there they're like in the basement of mgm and you go there before you go to the club and you get the the uh 12 inch tall thin cup and they go to the machine and they pull the handle and green gunk comes out and there you go 12 dollars please yeah that's all so, it is 12 dollars what the hell year were you getting them at <laughs> so basically they're the alcohol equivalent of the Soda jerk. Yeah, pretty much. No, the soda jerk actually put something together. Anyway, I like the drinks there. I think the drinks are really good, some of them. Uh, but I don't feel the need to go back because I've had the drinks. Uh, the experience is mainly just kind of like looking around at the bar. It's really neat. But I've scratched that itch. If the bartenders could do what the bartenders did, you know, bartenders from Trek, like Darren. <laughs> Darren was a good bartender. He was. Then I would come back, but it's not its not worth the wait, I don't think. That's why you go to Trader Sam's. Yes. So what you're saying is you build your lightsaber, you build your droid, and then you leave. And you go to Tiki 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 Weeki. John Smith. Leaky. Leaky bar. <laughs> it, it, he keeps he keeps posting. Uh, Darren's friend keeps posting at the tiki 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 with Darren. So he's a trader. In, in, in okay. Anaheim. 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 Is that, that Anaheim? Is that uh, is that Trader Sam's? Trader yeah. Sam's tiki 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 with tiki tiki. Say tiki one more fucking time. Tiki. <laughs> Thank you. I needed that. <laughs> So, gentlemen, what geeky things did you do this week? Uh, Matt, what did you do? And here we go. Watched What If, Doctor Strange. Two episodes back, it was all right. Oh, two episodes back. Okay, anything more than that, don't tell me yet. I haven't watched it yet. Thank you, Barry. Thank you. I I thought, you know what, Andy's not going to be here. It's going to be a good show. But then you fucking show up. (laughs) Should I get some water and spill all over myself? All right, play D&D. I made an Artificer, level 10, uh, with Kirsten. Kirsten was DMing. A very good DM, by the way, Barry. Very good DM. Good. Uh, Not as good as you. Oh. But. (laughs) 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 Because, uh, yeah, so he died. I got owned by a disintegrator ray from a zombie beholder. Not even even like the big bad. The big bad's lackey. His 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 little right hand little fucking lieutenant there just own artificer and they're all laugh everybody's laughing I'm like what? no death saves he's like disintegrator ray dude I'm like yeah I get that but this is you know magic and shit no nice he took more hit point damage than he had hit points left so Those that's all I did man that gets you and 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 the, to rub salt in the wound he was on one hit point oh oh. oh. No yeah, and, I, and I told him, I'm like, we need to kill that guy. We need to kill that guy. 
And and Deb was like, "No, the big bad guy! Oh, oh, crouch behind a crouch behind a box and heal." I'm like, "Okay, I'll do that." I was so mad. He had one hit point for three rounds. Ooh. And it, oh. and it was just like, "Oh, here we go, Wait, here we go." Oh, I missed. No one did any damage to the thing for three rounds. Uh, well, that's because we had like, was petrified. Deb's monk was shadow stepping like crazy to pummel the big bad, and so it was Matt and the zombie, and uh, uh, the. Brain oh, and I was dead down, I was down to just cantrips at this point. I used yeah, all yeah. my spell slots every time. <laughs> so. Because because he he's a pugilistic Iron Man. He doesn't have <laughs> any ranged attacks. If he oh. punches you, it'll fucking hurt. So this thing's floating 20 feet in the air, and Matt's like, I gotta get him! Ah! And he's just, pew! Pew! Ray of Frost. Ray of Frost. Ray of okay. Frost. I've heard the term artificer with D&D quite a few times. Now, what is an artificer? Think Tinkerer, but uses, like, he uses his um, mechanical things to launch the magic. Like, I can make, like, a clockwork gnome, he launches the magic. I can make a um, phoenix cannon, that launches the magic. It's a way I to make... appease the steampunk kids. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Andy would have been proud. He'd been, hoo 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 steampunk. Yeah. And I made it in honor oh. of um, Biggs, because he made one last D&D game we played. Yeah. That, so. that, was, that was what Biggs was playing, that every, every three seconds, Lewis was going, you can do that? No, no, That's, you can't okay. do that. Yes, I can do that. What? I have I can I can attune four items. No, you can't. Yes, I can. You can do that. <laughs> I have a you know. What are your hit points? Well, I have a D D eight D eight. No, you don't. Yes, I do. You can <laughs> do that. Boy, oh boy. Matt just just saw what Steve was doing. And he started salivating. <laughs> he wanted his thunder gauntlets. Yeah, I made a uh, made a guardian subclass of the artificer. He was a um, tinkerer. I've never played class. with a with an artificer in any of my games, so yeah, it's, you know, it's a new thing. It's it's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, when when they were on the ground, Matt was beating the shit out of stuff. So so was Deb. Everybody was actually. The the boy the petrification on Paulette. Oh my god, that was just terrible. Oh, petrification is rough. She tried a couple divine intervention things, and she she actually it was funny because it's you roll your level down, your level or lower on a percentile, and she's rolling twenty percent, seventeen percent. She's a tenth level cleric. Ooh, that's a rough and, roll. And, and and so she finally she keeps rolling the two d ten, and finally Matt picks up the hundred cider. And he's like, roll this. And she's like, no. And he's like, roll this. Just roll this. Roll this. Trust me. Roll it. And I was like, eh, what the fuck? Yeah, uh, you want to roll it. She rolls it. And, you know, it's one of those hundred ciders. So it rolls and rolls and rolls and rolls <laughs> and rolls. It's and a rolls. sphere. And then it just did a golf ball, you know. And it's like, one side, other side, other side, other. And I said, call it. Do you want it high or low? And she went, high. 93. She got her divine intervention. <laughs> wow. So that broke the petrification. Yeah, it was pretty grim there. Deb was doing a great job because uh, Deb just kept wailing on the big bad. So 
I was busy trying to get her off the goddamn thing. Too busy to fire off eye rays. Because I just was like, she's sitting on top of him. She can't, he can't fire eye rays right there. And uh, that was a great strategy right there. Because that gave Matt, oh, a couple rounds to live before the zombie. <laughs> yeah. And it was so funny because people were actually making the, the DC saves on the big bad, which is higher. And then Matt just kept blowing his DC saves on the zombie, which was lower. <laughs> Getting hit with innervation ray, innervation ray. It was, it was a, it was a good long fight. Meg was like really happy when, when uh, I finally left. <laughs> why, why, why would Meg be happy when you finally left? Dude, she was ready for bed like three hours before the game oh. ended, and she, <laughs> she eventually just, just was just sort of like, oh, you just get the. Fuck out of here. <laughs> it's very funny. Very funny. So, yeah, that was a fun one. Now, I have that a D&D was... question since I have oh, D&D shit. people here. I haven't been keeping up overall with this edition of Dungeons and Dragons, but, but. I, I'm seeing a lot of class releases. Are there more classes available to players than older ones, or does it just seem that way to me? No, it just seems that way to you because they got a lot of class options now. Whereas, you know, like fighter, you could be a eldritch fighter, or you know, you, you're the flavor could be like a champion or a, or whatever. You, you have all the basic classes that like you always had. The only one they added really was artificer. Okay, yeah, it's it's thirteen base classes with the artificer, but by design philosophy, each class has at least three subclasses. So that's ah. that's where you're getting, you know, and the subclasses like for cleric, it's are are you a life cleric, a war cleric, you know, a whatever, or druid, right? Are you a plant druid or are you a shape-changing druid? But then you've got different variations of barbarian, as Barry said, fighter, ranger, which they are just struggling so hard to <laughs> <laughs> Ranger is so gimped. It's yeah, they so... they they they've done some better stuff in Tasha's, uh, but Ranger is is still just a mess. And uh, and Warlock, Warlock is very versatile now. Uh, you can do uh, an all melee Warlock. Yeah. And they wow. Can't. Yeah. Where's where's the bulk of that um, character creation? Like which book? Sanathar's player's handbook. Oh. I didn't know. Well, everything starts with player's <laughs> handbook, man. Yeah. Xanathar well, just gives you more more options. Uh, Tasha's blade, a couple more too, and yeah. And what's the other one? Well, Sword Coast Guide gives you a little. Sword Coast gives you some. Hexblade yeah. is is not in the original PHB. That's what my uh, my Githzerai is. Yeah. Who's right now giving Barry headaches? Because <laughs> <laughs> I just I just grab Paulette's monster tank. And I just bipper 500 feet across the battlefield so she doesn't waste several rounds just running to the fight. Which and is what, exactly what I wanted her to do. <laughs> I put her at the other end of the table and then, oh, dimension door. Bleep. Well, fuck me. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. And, and Paulette's, we did that twice in one session. And Paulette has become very, very fond of that tactic. 
And then, of course, Deb with her super Katyushka rocket launcher uh, archer just just sitting there, you know. She's cheating somehow. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> Dude, I watched her build that character, and it is a thing of beauty. <laughs> You're letting her get away with something. I haven't figured nope. it out yet. Yeah, you nope. are. <laughs> Samurai subclass, all archer. Do the man. All right, you know, to, to, speaking of thing of beauty, just to show everyone how much work Barry puts into <laughs> his personal campaigns, I, I got this text from him a few days ago that reads, not that you need to because you technically don't play D&D game anymore, but one day you might rejoin. Here is an audio file of the 120-page journal I previously linked because everyone is too lazy to read. You not only wrote a 120-page journal for this campaign, you created an audiobook version of it to go with. Yeah, I, I got bored here. <laughs> I just, you know yeah, what? I thought charging nine ninety nine for it was a little, uh, little out it's... of the. <laughs> uh, what the fuck was that all about? But well, no, it, honestly, it was a uh, it was a character study for me, and it was a nice exercise in developing a, a big bad evil guy who's really not a big bad evil guy, more of a, a patron. Um, it's easy to do like little uh, ah, I'm evil, man. That's that's too easy. That's just no, that's just you in real life. Yeah. <laughs> there you um, go. I strayed from that, and so I started writing the journal of this guy, fully intending to give it to characters one time, but it, it hasn't been given to the characters for the game he started in. In fact, he I moved that character over to a bunch of, like, four different games in the same universe. Uh, I always do shared universe. Um, and so finally it ended up in the, in the Vegas game. And so I was like, well, all right, here, boom, here's a 120-page journal, capped it off nicely, Go and and you got to read it by the time I we play again and you know do we? Vegas do so we <laughs> do we <laughs> yeah Matt's yeah, an awfully busy person Barry <laughs> he's got things to do uh, I do I'm sure he'll read it right after he's done with his bio yeah yeah <laughs> never gonna happen it's funny too <laughs> screw it I'm just gonna audio record this it's only what two hours and forty something minutes. And I just recorded it all, pitch shifted my voice down a bit, threw a little cello music on it, done. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Matt, did you do anything else this week? <laughs> I did not. That's it. He's a busy man. Oh, so busy. I am. Barry, what'd you do? Uh, trying to sell this house. I didn't do too much, but I did play some Hades. Oh, man, did I play some Hades. I got uh -oh. into that hard. Screw you, Torgo. Um <laughs> It's, it's a on Xbox Game Pass right now, and I've beaten Hades like a few, like more than a few times. I think I'm at like ninety playthroughs or something. Um, I I got nothing else to do. Deb's not here to tell me what to do. I got nothing to do, so I play some Hades. You should play uh -oh. some pinball. You know, you're so good at that. Well, there's nowhere to go play pinball around here. Are you saying online pinball? That's nah, correct. It's not the same. Not okay. The same. Not the same. <laughs> I'll tell you one other thing that I've been doing, uh, and I think I started this like a couple weeks ago. Um, you remember the game FTL? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I started playing that again, but then I looked online to see what mods and stuff are available, and there's this great one called Multiverse. It's all free, by the way, if you already own the game. Um, I mean, you got to jump through a few technical hoops to get it to go, but once you do, 
man, it's a whole other game. I mean, yeah, it's got the core elements, but it adds like more races, more, uh, way more ships, uh, more story, lots and lots of options. And it's really good. I wholeheartedly support going and getting multiverse for FTL. Crack that thing open again. It's a whole new game. All right. So those that have never heard of FTL, what is the base game? Uh, the base game of FTL, you can get it on Steam. It's, how do I say it? It's a, according to the wiki, it's a space-based, top-down, real-time strategy roguelike game. Well, that's a mouthful. Um, you go around, you take your ship on an adventure through space, and you have, like, say you go into a certain sector. Oh, there's an enemy ship. you got to fight it. So you can pause time and move your guys all around the ship to, uh, like, engineering, weapons, and whatnot. And then you have to decide where your weapons are going to shoot the other ship and while they're shooting you. And you got to keep the shields up and repair while it's going on. It's a lot of fun. It's not like a Twitch-type game because I don't like those. Uh, it's not, like, turn-based. It's... It's like a space strategy roguelike kind of game. It's really cool. It's a lot of fun. That's it, it keeps you playing because every playthrough is different, and you run it's into like new things a lot. Bucks. Ten yeah. bucks. How do you go wrong? Anything That's else my... to do besides Hades and FTL? Well, prepare to come to Vegas. You're still prepping. You're get, getting rid of that house. You're, you're you're now living in a show house. Yes, with with uh, fake fruit and shitty vanilla decorations, it's really terrible in here. Uh, but I can't make any messes, and it sucks because I like to make messes. But everywhere I go, I gotta put everything at ninety degree angles, make sure there's no dust, clean all the dishes, put everything away. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> I can't wait to get out. Well, I've seen your new house already. It's amazing. What? Have you seen yeah. my new house? I don't even know what my new house is. We have your house all picked out. Don't worry. Oh, yay. Okay. I'm going to be living in the back with the dog. Uh, this week, I stopped playing Hades. Uh, of, course, of course you did, you shithead. <laughs> Not Sorry. that I wasn't still enjoying it. I very much was, but it, it, was, it was time to send it back to Gamefly. Let's play something new. I will come back to it whenever I get it. And I will end up buying it because it's just fantastic yeah. and it, i mean i think if you buy it digitally it's like 25 bucks i saw on playstation store so totally cheap uh so i'm waiting for the next game to arrive whatever that might be so i i watched a couple movies this week i watched something older ish and something new and the old one i watched was i finally saw cloverfield oh finally <laughs> <laughs> god Wow, what did you think? J.J. Abrams uh, found footage kaiju movie. Uh, it was better than I thought it would be, but damn if that is not the shakiest verite style it. film. That that I, and the fucking cranked at at like oh, forty degrees. That got that got old real quick. I couldn't imagine seeing this in the theater. Yeah, people had to walk out of there sick. But I, I was saw, impressed I by saw the, it in the theater. Sorry, the I saw it in the theater, and I yeah, hated so it in the theater. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't think I'll watch it again. I'm glad I did. I, and there's parts of it that I think are absolutely gold. I thought the script was better than it deserved to be. It did a good job of bringing these characters in enough 
so that you actually somewhat cared about their journey. So when you yeah. lost one, you knew who they were. Yeah. <laughs> 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 God, the guy with no empathy doesn't agree with you, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about Cloverfield. Cloverfield was this movie where there was a whole other movie going on during Cloverfield that I really wanted to see. But then they would cut back to these group of fucktards making a series of bad decisions. <laughs> I want It's like the army shooting the monster. And there's all this stuff going on. I want to see that movie. Turn the camera in that direction. I'm sorry. Forever on in is no longer allowed that the bad decision making populace is a fake that's trope. That's a that's real thing. True. That turns <laughs> yeah. out that that is absolutely real. No, no, it's real, but I don't want to see a movie about it. <laughs> it's like how did it's enough how of that this... from real life, Todd? <laughs> Um, and yeah, there's, I think there's like five minutes and 20 seconds of monster footage in the movie altogether Yeah, in like an 80 minute movie, but still I enjoyed myself through it, uh, much more than I thought I would. And I thought the monster scenes were really, really good. Uh, I don't think the monster design is all that fantastic, but I think it actually helps you don't see it that much because of it. Because afterwards, I you know Googled, what's this monster look like in whole? I'm like, oh, really? That's that's what it looks like. Okay. Have you... I, I know the answer to this. Have you seen the other Cloverfield movies? I've seen 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I absolutely adored. Uh, I haven't seen Paradox, though. Do not see Paradox. Just leave it there. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. Go ahead and see all the other Cloverfield movies. Cl- Cloverfield Lane, I thought, was amazing, mainly because of John Goodman. The Paradox one... My mind hurts just just thinking about that. It's not it's not good. Uh, but see it anyway. That way you can at least with uh, with expert eyes say these three films are do not belong together. They barely belong in the same universe. Well, it's, they were forced forced right. They they were never written to be that. They took scripts and adapted it to make it Cloverfield related. Is that true? That's my understanding, that's, uh, especially with uh, the last one. Well, I feel paradox. believe that's true, because it makes sense. And I know they are currently working on a direct sequel to that first movie. What that means, I don't know, but I know they're working on it. They, oh, they just announced a new writer uh, this year for it. Manhattan's a nuked-out crater. Spoilers. <laughs> so, there you go. That's about but, it. But you know what? I loved the world building of the end of 10 Cloverfield Lane. The yeah. ending of that movie is fantastic, and I want to see more in that world. Yes. Agreed. Uh, but uh, even though it's been out there ages, of, I, it's, that's a movie I don't want to spoil for anyone that hasn't seen it. It's great. And, and the new movie, the new movie I watched uh, was Reminiscence. The movie that was released to theaters and HBO Max at the same time. Hugh Jackman stars in this picture. It's a film noir story in a near future timeline. It's one of those movies that I'd like to know more about the setting than I do about any of these characters. Because these characters didn't do much for me. Hugh Jackman runs a company that allows you to... Uh, re-experience memories that you had in in real time, a a internal VR, if you will, that you just live your memory over 
over again. And it's based off of an old interrogation system that they used in the last recent war, which they don't touch on a whole lot, but you get the feeling it was a civil war. Miami, part of it is underwater. They have built walls uh, to keep the ocean back. So there's the dry lands and the wetlands, the wetlands where the poor people live, the dry lands where the rich people live. So that world there, the the world where the climate change has decimated a a whole lot of the coast, uh, the world where there's been the aftermath of this war that really took out a lot of people's hope for the future. It was a, a, a neat place to examine. Uh, however, it's more told along the lines of a Dashiell Hammett story, and it's uh, a mystery of the Dame kind of film noir in that setting, which sounds good on on paper. I like the idea. Uh, I don't think they executed it well, though. Halfway through it, I'm like, I, I don't care if, if he finds out what he's looking for. And when that's the whole crux of the story... It falls apart there. Yeah, right? it's I, yeah. I, I I stuck around basically to see more of this world that's half sunk. Deb and I saw the movie a couple weeks ago. We liked it. It was fun. Um, it wasn't amazing. It's not like a rewatch. The critics are pretty harsh on that on the on the movie too. So I think it's worth a watch. You know, I don't think it's worth a buy. Maybe like a cheap rent. Sure. I mean, I didn't hate it. Yeah. Uh, I just. I didn't care enough about the main character or the, the the MacGuffin. Just nothing really brought me in. And when the the final mystery was solved, I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But it, it's a neat setting and it looks beautiful. It's beautifully shot. Uh, I ju- I just don't think the scripts was there for me. Nah, I I agree. Kirsten, what'd you do this week? Well. I caught up on What If, so I've seen the Marvel Zombies and the one that came uh, came out just yesterday. Zombies was, eh, you know, I've never really gotten into the Marvel Zombies stories, so, because I always disliked some of their choices for who gets infected. Aha. But this one I enjoyed. I thought it was, uh, it was cool. So, and it's really cool hearing, you know, almost everybody come back and do their roles. That's right. that's actually that that's just actually fun as hell. Uh, I watched Code Eight. Code Eight. Code What's Eight. That? It is a Stephen Amell joint uh, with his cousin Robbie Amell. Uh, uh, Stephen Amell being, uh, I think it's Steve. You know, uh, the Green Arrow guy. And it is. Uh, I don't know if you talked about it at one point, Todd, because it was originally going to be a movie release that was going to move into being a 2B TV series. Pandemic, 2B falling apart, etc. Uh, they're going to do a sequel movie instead. But basically, a small portion of the population gets powers, a la X-Men. Instead of putting on costumes and running around doing heroics and stuff, it takes a little, a slightly, let's say slightly more realistic approach in terms of people being discriminated against and marginalized and, you know, what you would end up doing. I thought it was actually, I, I 
actually thought it was interesting. I actually enjoyed it. So it's nice to see Stephen Amell do something outside of Green Arrow, although he was awfully Oliver Queen. Yeah. But uh, nevertheless, I, you know, he was not the star. Uh, Robbie Amell was actually. That was a. Uh, it was cool. I recommend it. Code Eight. So um, we have uh, just to stop you there because you, you you brought up the, uh, uh, the this possibility. We we we've heard of we're going to launch a movie and then we're going to continue it with a TV show. Right. Uh, so far, the only one of those I've seen actually take place was Agents of Shield, and, and even that kind of became its own thing separate from yeah. the actual movies that it was supposed to continue on. Right. So so we haven't really seen that happen. No. No. A lot of people talk. All talk, no action. Right, because we were supposed to get that with Dark Tower. Yeah. I guess the closest thing we have to that is the Batman that's coming up because there's they're spitting Gotham PD off of that. And now they've announced a new one, which we'll get to later in the news. So that's mm. two TV shows they're spinning off based off that movie. Mm-hmm. So, so we might actually get one of those. And, of course, it's a series for a streaming service. So They, they did one thing. Um, I don't remember the name of it, but it had an MMO tied into it. And it took place in, like, St. Louis. So whatever you did in-game modifies the TV show and vice versa. I forget the name of did it. Did they actually pull that off? It, not well, <laughs> not not well. But Defiance. they tried at least. Huh? Defiance, defiance. That was it. Yeah. yeah. Really? Do, I, I forgot that aspect of it. Wow, I did not know that. I did not know that. I'm sorry, Doctor Kirsten. I just wanted to no. Explore that's, that I mean, because you're right. There's been a lot of talk of that stuff, and it is very rarely materialized. So. Uh, and this is this is actually one of them. They uh, they went from we'll do a series to I think the sequel's been announced. I don't know that they've started it, but but I def I, I do recommend it. So uh, nice, uh, nice, low key effects, street level uh, powered action. Uh, I finished a book. Ooh, yes, you can read. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I'm talking uh, about Barry's uh... journal. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually not. I did read the journal, but which was fun because I forgot that that guy was now on our side. I'm reading this whole thing like, oh, man, so this is the guy we got to go after and put a cap on, huh? <laughs> and then it ends with, uh, oh, I don't know about these adventurers. Maybe they'll be cool. And I'm like, oh, shit. That's right. We're allies now. No, yeah. this book was called Surprise, Vanish, Kill by, I believe her name is Annie Jacobson. And uh, it's not a genre book. It's actually a uh, nonfiction book about CIA black ops, the whole origin of uh, presidential orders for termination, you know, targeted killings, assassinations, how they got around the whole legal convention that does not permit assassination and uh, stuff like that. And it actually goes kind of deep into the history, and it runs right up to about 2017. So it's actually deep in Afghanistan when the book leaves off, which was pretty interesting. (laughs) 
but what the probably you know i mean this is a, a journalist taking various uh, interviews working off of a lot of foia a lot of uh, freedom of information stuff uh, that's been revealed about the CIA, as well as interviews with a number of paramilitary operatives who uh, used to work for the CIA. And it's really funny because the basic gleaning, at, at least for her interpretation in the book, is, you know, the whole rogue elements of the CIA, you know, fostered a coup, blah, 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 or, you know, something like that. Uh, apparently, there really is no such thing. That is all part of the one, two, three, four steps removal for presidential uh, deniability. And uh, it, it's kind of interesting reading, um, reading through all that and the history of a lot of the stuff that went on and how it grew up. And uh, just how things went back and forth, the Iran heist, hostage situation, how the CIA was decimated after Nixon, um, and then Reagan brought it roaring back, and then everything changed with 9-11, and then drones, drone strikes changing everything yet again. So it's an interesting book, Surprise, Vanish, Kill. Did, you know, we covered the D&D, I disintegrated Matt. Always which, a good time. Know, Always yes. good. Yeah. Uh, it was a great, great old time. Yeah. yeah Matt enjoyed himself. He's like, I like this, even though I got disintegrated. I'm so, <laughs> jealous. I never get to kill my players. God, I tried, but... Ugh. Well, you know, the, that's the thing with these one-shots, Barry, because instead of a campaign thing, you know, build some characters, yeah. then you grab a couple of CR-15 monsters and throw them at the 10th level party, and, uh, you and know... You don't have to worry about anybody going mazes and monsters on you. Yeah, there you go. Can you imagine if I killed Dev's character, there would be tables flipped. Wow. Wow. Let, let me Talk guess. about mazes and monsters, Todd. Barry would be standing at the top of the stratosphere as we try to talk him down. But, uh, yeah. He's going to join the Great Hall. <laughs> Man, dude, you know. It, uh, somebody did a, uh, some kind of over 9-11 a few days ago, did a w World Trade Center retrospective thing. And that was one of the things they put up there. Was Really? Uh, yeah, they put that up scene? that scene with Tom Hanks just standing there. Pardue! So, and, it, dude, it is so crazy. As a native New Yorker, my mom was one of the people who hated the World Trade Center. Because there was controversy over its building in New York. Um, which actually, oh, that's something. I watched a video that actually talked about the building of the World Trade Center and the controversy around it. Uh, and as a result, I'd never been there. I was <laughs> never in the World Trade Center. So I have no idea what it's like to be Wait, in there. What's the controversy? Um, uh, the aesthetics. It, is, they, it was kind of ugly. And they also had to, they, they bought a huge section of uh, downtown Manhattan and raised it. There were some older buildings and stuff that were that were uh, destroyed to recreate, you know, World Trade Center Plaza. And it's really funny. Uh, if you ever notice when you look at a skyline, say from the air, how you have a whole bunch of skyscrapers at the south end of Manhattan, and then you got another cluster sorter in the middle. 
Apparently, that's because the granite bedrock under the island actually rises and dips. So those areas where you see the clusters are where the, the bedrock is closest to the surface that they can put those big-ass buildings. Aha. So they anchor them right on the bedrock. Interesting. Yeah, that, I, I got that from the YouTube video. But they also talked about um, they interview. There was a well. They showed interviews with the uh, Japanese American uh, architect who designed it. The design of the buildings and how they do buildings sort of different uh, now because of uh, the World Trade Center attacks. Although apparently it's been decided that the likelihood of future airline attacks are so low. They haven't actually changed building codes. So a lot of the changes they've done to buildings since then, and 9,000 skyscrapers have been built since the year 2000. A lot of them are voluntarily adopted by the builders who make the buildings. And, and this I also didn't know. Back when the World Trade Center was made, apparently concrete had a strength of like 3,000 to 4,000 PSI, pounds per square inch. Mm -hmm. They now have concrete that actually can run 18,000 to 30,000 pounds per square inch. Wow, that's amazing. And one of the stuff. one of the biggest trait changes that the that the 9/11 did create for architecture is that buildings are more concrete based because the thing about the trade center was that its support was all steel it, there were there were concrete floors but the concrete floors are what kept everything together the steel is what kept it up and then when that steel got heated to 500 degrees that's when everything came down so now the concrete is like a lot stronger and they use their concrete for their cores and their structural support which was very interesting to learn about the whole thing was yeah. or a couple interesting things i learned about that and, and that was how that... those buildings are hit were hideous i don't know the new ones but it was it's just a it's a freaking box that's yeah well dude you might as well be my mother that's that's <laughs> she loved the empire state building but boy oh boy did she gothic. hate that yeah, you know, she hated the, the, not gothic art deco. What am I saying? Art deco, it's, yeah. It's art deco, like the Chrysler building. Those are great looking buildings. Yeah. The World Trade Center was just here's a box. Okay, moving yeah. on. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, yeah. So uh, the the one building code, by the way, before people panic and never go in a skyscraper again because I'm being reckless with my speaking. The one building code change that actually has come up is the Trade Center. And then the core around the elevators is where they clustered their uh, stairs, stairwells. And because the jets smashed into those floors and hit the cores, there were no stairwells for people to escape. So means of egress. Uh, there have to be at least a third option for stairwells, and they have to be disconnected from others so they have to spread things out a bit um, that's like the big building code change really so huh. interesting stuff Chris, you uh, learned something this week yeah i you know what and i almost didn't talk about that but i just went back to mazes and monsters because because <laughs> if you're recklessly speaking todd 
So, Hold yeah. on, I got a question for you since you're now an architect. Oh, oh my. What is the <laughs> modes of egress in the Nakatomi building? Uh, well, the, uh, the, the, the one that nobody talks about, of course, are those big air conditioner ducts that a big man like Bruce Willis can crawl through. So, you know, it's like if anything goes wrong in the Nakatomi building, just hit an air conditioning duct and you're going to be fine. So and if you were going to be a terrorist and take it over, uh, you better keep your eyes on those air conditioners and your shoes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep your shoes on. Also cut your hair, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, those German terrorists, man, them and their hair. Just yeah. cut your hair short, you lefty red murdering <laughs> bastard advice we can all use yeah <laughs> big shock book club is reading billy summers by stephen king and uh let's do a little mail gentlemen doing mail doing we mail. Solve the mail we don't we should, should we should we have one we should have we? a song for everything we should have a song for everything uh, barry would you uh sing me a song for the mail right now Mail, mail, we've got mail. That's all you get for free. There you go. I, I might just cut that out and just keep it. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, you know, either that, <laughs> either that, or you got to go with. Ah! <laughs> uh, this one's from Alexander. Hey, Alexander here, long time listener, first time emailer. This yeah. email started as a Facebook post, but since this is about my personal beef with Master Torgo. I felt I had to send it to comments at uglycouchshow.com. I already like him. I already like him. (laughs) He's been telling me to do that at the end of the show for the last seven years. Better late than never. Since I love correcting the really important stuff in life, I have a small correction for a false statement made by Master Torgo in episode 593. Earth Defense Force is not a Koei game series. It has gone through several developers and publishers, but never... Koei and Megaforce 1. I will also add my opinion to Master Torgo's statement from 590 that the Warriors game series has gotten terrible in the last decade. I respectfully disagree with you, sir. I think we have seen some of the best entries in that time frame. Samurai Warriors 4, Warrior Orochi 3, Fist of the North Star, Ken's Rage 2, Hyrule Warriors are all great games for those who like Warriors-style games. Dynasty Warriors 8 is the best game of the series. Decent voice acting, fun what-if scenarios, great gameplay. Dynasty Warriors 9 is absolutely terrible, though. So happy now that I participated in my first internet beef. On a more serious note, I want to thank you all for the shows that you've been making in the last year and a half. I want to thank Jeff, Kay, and Todd, especially for the series of three-man shows you delivered throughout while Matt was out saving the world and Andy did who knows what great content, fun conversations. It really made the public transport to work every day in a Corona ridden Oslo so much better. Lastly, my COVID-19 honorary award goes to a very special person, professor Biggs fueled by fireball. That man is a treasure. May his bottle never dry up and may geek shock last for another 100 pandemics. Alexander. Well, Let's not well, hope we have another 100 pandemics, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Norwegian uh, Norwegian Alexander. Uh, it, it's funny, uh, he mentions his uh, internet beef. Uh, apparently, 
our Norwegian accents suck. We sound too <laughs> Swedish. Do we? Yeah, that's what he said in like one of the one of the monkeys layer comments. So how do you like that? We really stepped into butter there. <laughs> oh God. So but uh, 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 uh and Alexander just just to let you know what Andy was doing was saving his dad. <laughs> <laughs> Matt saved world, Andy saved dad. <laughs> Anytime you want to write in and correct Torgo, by all means. Because half the and time I, when I'm not on the show and I'm listening and it, someone says something wrong, I start screaming at my radio. I'm glad someone's actually writing in. And I stand corrected. Yeah. Alexander's right. I am wrong. Rare, but it happens. And and yeah. and, and pointed out. I, I will respectfully disagree with the... Uh, the Warriors aspect, but some of those games I haven't played. And I've heard great things about the Hyrule Warriors series, which I look forward to trying, hopefully very soon. So thank you, Alexander, for writing. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, oh, you know what? I think this means that we have to do some news you don't give a shit about. <laughs> <laughs> news you don't give a shit about. A sequel to the 1988 comedy Twins is in the works. You are and right. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> wow. And the wow. film is titled Triplets. Uh-oh. The original stars of the film, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, are returning to star in the sequel alongside Tracy Morgan, who will play the third brother. <laughs> Morgan is replacing Eddie Murphy, who was previously attached to play the role. The original film's director, Ivan Reitman, is returning for the sequel, which is being written by Dylan Dawson and Lucas Kavner. Triplets will shoot January in Boston as the two unlikely brothers, Julian and Vincent, find they are part of a trio. Reitman explained the full synopsis to Deadline, saying, quote, secretly, there was a third baby born who hasn't been in touch with his siblings. They don't know each other, and very early in the movie, they meet, and it's how they achieve a bond together after all these years. It's really a film about family, and no matter how different we are, we have to learn to get along, unquote. Barry is first in line for this picture. Yep, I'm going to get a big bowl of popcorn, I'm going to stick my head in it, and die. This is stupid. <laughs> this is a stupid film. It's a stupid premise. They went to see her, their mother at the art colony or whatever. How do I remember this? Um, anyway, they, they went to see her, their mother. You think she would have said, hey, you're triplets. No, she just left that out. Come on, really? Oh, That's wow. Crap. Wow, Barry just skewered the shit out of that. Hot garbage. Now I the movie doesn't totally make somewhere any else sense. With that. I, you know, skin color, for one. But, you know. Oh, ah, resident racist just brings it up. Just brings Someone it has up. to. Someone has to, okay? From the land of Trudeau. <laughs> Not racist, just stating the obvious. <laughs> All right. Hey, is, is, that a, is that another Geek Shot t-shirt? <laughs> no. No, it is not, and I'm no putting my time. foot down. <laughs> we just have this whole series of T-shirts that should never be made. Nope. Oh, God. 
nope. one with Andy t-shirts with Andy on them. <laughs> nope. Not because race is just stating the obvious. <laughs> Not the audience I want to bring in. <laughs> <laughs> what? It'll look great on a red hat. Oh, Jesus. Just, you know, right on. Uh... You don't give a no, shit no, about no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, The choice of. Never mind. I'm, not gonna... I'm done. I'm not going to go forward with that. Ugh. No. Come on. No. This didn't make, now that you brought it up, this didn't make the news this week because not really our news. Um, if you're not aware, uh, Fox News has their own streaming channel. I think it's called Fox Nation. And they just picked up the rights for the show that really kind of sums it up. They're bringing back cops. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. It, it just makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, it kind of does. Uh, they just don't give a shit about the Marvel Unlimited app is getting some upgrades led by the biggest digital exclusive comics push Marvel's made yet. Now, Marvel Unlimited, where subscribers have access to comics from throughout Marvel's history, including new releases that arrive three months after they hit comic shops. They just got a major facelift, but this update wasn't just about the interface. Marvel also announced a major new Infinity Comics initiative that begins with 27 new digital exclusive comics from some of the publisher's top creators, including Jonathan Hickman, Scotty Young, Kelly Thompson, Jerry Duggan, uh, Delkin Shalvey, uh, and more. Uh, the thing is, they're exclusive to Marvel Unlimited subscribers. They're specifically designed to be read vertically by scrolling down on your device, just as you would with a news article or a social media feed. Uh, right now, there are more than two dozen Infinity Comics in the Marvel Unlimited app, all described as in-universe stories, including X-Men Unlimited, Giant Size Little Marvels, Black Widow, Deadpool, Shang-Chi, and more. Uh, by the end of the year, Marvel aims to have added 100 Infinity Comics issues to the Marvel Unlimited app. Uh, so we have arrived now at that point that Marvel is making comics just for their digital app, uh, not intended for comic book stores. What's the core? What's what's the canon? Good question. That's a good question to go along with all of this. If it's not the printed one, I'm disappointed. Yeah, it's it. We're not there yet. We're not at the point where. Where we're ready to put the comics down and pick them up in digital form. I mean, yeah, they're there. People, a lot of people get their comics digitally, but we're not ready to 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 have that to to make the printed ones take a back seat. Not yet. Future, and, yeah. Uh, and kind of a middle finger to the stores, although with all the shop shenanigans this uh, last year, that's not the first finger they've seen. But it, it, it is a bit surprising, and, and I guess I understand this on a business set, kind of like you know, HBO Max is where you get to. You have to subscribe to see these DC shows, and Disney Plus, you have to subscribe to see these Marvel shows, so you have to subscribe to Marvel Unlimited to read these exclusive com comic books. You can get your other comic books anywhere else, but these you have to buy our subscription service. Mm. What about collectability? 
Uh, gone. Yeah. That's oh, it. well, well, he left out the part, Barry, where uh, each issue is an NFT. Oh, God, <laughs> shut up. And uh, the uh, the comic book uh, grading corporation, CGC, will give the NFT the uh, AOK ASAP. F you. <laughs> POS. <laughs> TFO. News you don't give a shit about Arnold Schwarzenegger's 1996 action film Eraser is getting a reboot. It is titled Eraser Reborn and it stars Shadow Hunters, The Mortal Instruments, and Penny Dreadful City of Angels star Dominic Sherwood. The movie has been completed already and was shot under the radar this past summer. The film follows U.S. Marshal Mason Pollard, who specializes in engineering the fake deaths of witnesses that need to leave no trace of their existence. And the new movie was directed by John Pogue, who directed Deep Blue Sea 3. Wow. Nobody asked for this film. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Has anybody here seen Eraser? Uh, Jeff's not here, so we might not have. Oh, yeah, I have. I have. Uh, I, have. I have. I just don't okay, remember you... much about it. <laughs> that, that seems to be the consensus. Erased from my memory. Yeah. And, and a, a forgettable film. But as it's been pointed out by many on this show, that if you're going to remake a movie, remake the bad, forgettable ones. So that does that apply here? Oh, damn. Our oh. words thrown back in our face. No, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say this plot is the plot is forgettable. So I didn't ask for this film. I don't want it. You know, it's like when someone comes up to you and says, Hey, here's a free tapioca pudding. Thanks. I don't like tapioca and I didn't want this. <laughs> oh well, have another. <laughs> Thanks. Tapioca reborn. That's what this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's my new word of for that's my new term for movies I, I I don't give a shit about and didn't ask for. They're tapioca pudding. Tapioca films. Pudding. Film. It's your film company. There you go. I like that. Tapioca when, films. When this movie first came out, it seemed to me that no one who went to see it went to see it because oh, this seems like an interesting movie. It was seemed to be more based on the waning love of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, it was an Arnold Schwarzenegger action film and sci-fi. We figured, oh, maybe we'll get some more Total Recall. Yeah, well, he just came it. off. He just came off of True Lies because what was that? 94? 93, 94? something like that. So they're like, oh, cool, another one. Yeah, I enjoyed the movie, uh, but it was just a strange premise. The whole thing was about erasing someone and making them vanish. And then the whole thing was they're not vanished. And he even brought somebody who uh, was vanished back, which was a strange, a strange thing. The uh, the the comedy relief was a a mafia guy who was uh, vanished years ago and he needed his help. And so the mafia guy's running around with him, and he's showing up and just turning up everywhere and introducing himself to friends who thought he was dead. And 
basically just blowing the whole erase thing. That was a very bizarre. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. it. It's just it's not. You know, it's no, it's it's no commando. <laughs> yeah, if they added those steel drums in the racer, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Insert Jeff movie quote here. Yeah. No. News you don't give a shit about. DJ2 Entertainment, the production company behind the adaptations of video game properties, including Sonic the Hedgehog, Life is Strange, and Tomb Raider, has acquired the rights to Teddy Ruxpin, and they have some big plans for it. The company is currently discussing... (laughs) Sorry, I looked up and saw Barry's face. (laughs) Well, I, I, I laugh every time I do that. The company is currently discussing the project with potential writers, and the goal is to, quote, launch with a possible hybrid live-action-slash-animated film, similar to the company's work on uh, Paramount's Sonic, uh, before expanding to an animated series. Uh, DJ2 founder and CEO Dimitri M. Johnson said in a statement, quote, I am no hunter, but I've been tracking this bear for at least seven years. It's no exaggeration to say the time I spent enraptured by the stories Teddy Ruxpin told me is a large part of why I chose a career in entertainment. So thanks, Teddy. And of course, thanks, Mom, unquote. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah, yeah. For for those who don't know, Teddy Ruxpin was an animatronic cassette player. The, the toy came preloaded with a cassette tape that enabled Teddy to tell stories while his mouth and eyes moved. Teddy being a teddy bear. Yes. Were, were the tapes specific to the bear? Like, would it, would it tell the bear, hey, at this point, move your eyes this way or move your mouth this way? Or could you put, like, death metal? You could put death metal in it, and it would just kind of give a basic opening and closing of, I remember, right, that that was a thing you could do okay wow and they made a movie for that of course well, they're Lord. making a movie they they made a movie about like poop emojis or whatever so what well, fine i don't know man it uh teddy ruxpin was was in ai wasn't he that was, <laughs> yeah. it was a teddy ruxpin analog i know that creepiest voice yeah and just running. I always felt bad him sitting at the bottom of the ocean. For, and you for, have. Oh, yeah. No joke. Yeah. That movie's sad. Yeah. Um, they have to be making a new Teddy Ruxpin toy to go with this. They're not just going to launch oh, yeah. a, a movie and animated series without giving the kids something to play with to go along with it. Yeah. So I, I guess I would be kind of curious as to what the new Teddy Ruxpin would be like. In some way. Well, the animatronics, I'm sure, are better. And the controls and whatnot. I mean, you could throw, like, an Arduino in there and go to town. Not just a tape player. There's a lot of stuff you could do with that. Yeah. You know, safety issues. Uh, just the the, um, the Teddy Ruxpin can always be like, show me on me where the stranger <laughs> touched you. <laughs> and, then, and then, like, the kid would, and he's like, no. Nah, that was just helping you cross the street or, you know, oh, shit. Yeah, you want to talk to mom. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's going to be they're going to they're going to have downloadable stories that. Yeah. That yeah. You can, it's it's going to be a Wi-Fi enabled bear. 
Yeah. And the smart kids are going to hack this bear to tell their own stories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, or... seeing, I'm seeing a, a, a Geek Shock exclusive that oh, works Jesus. with the Teddy Ruxpin. There we go. Oh, You guys are missing it all. It's going to be Teddy Ruxpin Plus subscription service <laughs> that you need to buy <laughs> to get all the stories. You're probably not wrong. I oh, want to yeah. program the Teddy Ruxpin to listen for Matt's voice, and anytime it hears Matt's voice, go, shut up, Matt! <laughs> and you put that right by your machine where you're listening to Geek Shock, and whenever Matt says something, here, let's try this. Hey, Matt, how you doing? <laughs> no, don't just give me the finger. <laughs> you say something. This is for science. Jerk. We, we, hit, we hit that. We, oh, wow, he just fucking left. <laughs> he just left. He's gone. Holy shitballs. We can hack into the Teddy Ruxpin so they can shout, Matt touched me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, we do not need to do that. <laughs> we totally need to no, do that. No, we don't need Is to do that. Is that the next shirt? <laughs> Matt touched me inappropriately and all I got go. was a lousy t-shirt. Matt touched no. me and it wasn't medical. <laughs> people get Teddy Ruxpin told him to. That, that's Andy that's, spilled this. Andy spilled this on me. Oh, wet, wet, wet. <laughs> well, that that T-shirt actually. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> that's a that's a deep cut geek shock uh, shock monkey T-shirt right there. Yes, people walk around with just the. Are you fucking serious? And it's like, oh shit, you listen to geek shock? No, oh, and in yeah. small print and in small print. Just relax. Yeah. <laughs> you need to relax. And the words are dripping wet with a puddle underneath. Yeah. Them. yeah. Uh, I like it. I like it. Yeah. We need a Teddy Ruxpin with, that has a little more animal control to control that we can we can program. Why this hasn't been made yet is beyond me. I know. Probably rights. There's probably rights. Just stick an Ibo inside that. Have them walking around. Running on treadmills, doing somersaults. Yeah, maybe not. That's creepy. So in other <laughs> words, kids, skin your old Teddy Ruxpin and stick it on your eyebow. There you go. <laughs> Build a we bear. Can, oh, we yeah. can geek. Hooray! <laughs> Yay! Yay! We can geek. Finally. Uh, as we referenced earlier, details are slight, and there's no definite word on whether he's up to take the starring role, but... Colin Farrell's Penguin character from director Matt Reeves' The Batman is reportedly heading to HBO Max to terrorize Gotham in a connected spin-off series. Uh, multiple outlets are reporting that a series based on the upcoming big-screen version of the DC villain is in early development at the streaming service, with Reeves executive producing alongside uh, fellow The Batman collaborator Dylan Clark. Uh, Farrell himself has been approached to play the Penguin in the spin-off, reports Variety, that though, quote, no deal is currently in place, unquote. Uh, described as being in the very early stages of development, the series reportedly will be written by Lauren LaFranc, who is a writer on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Hemlock Grove, and Chuck, and will take a dark dive into the Penguin's ascent to his place of canonical crime prominence in Gotham City Underworld of Corruption and Grift. Reeves and Clark reportedly will serve as executive producers. So here it is, the, the second TV series to spin off from the upcoming The Batman. Are you and, interested? Well, A, me personally, DC, no. And I'll tell you why. Because there's no cohesive universe. Marvel's doing it right. 
finally doing it right anyway when they got their whole universe under Disney Plus there was even some kind of a cohesive universe when with like uh, Daredevil and all the defenders on Netflix and Agents of Shield did bring in Nick Fury and a few other things but it wasn't quite there now they're doing it fine now they have all the rights in one spot DC I don't get it man they're all over the place you got Cyborg in the movies, and you got Cyborg in, in that other show. Is it Doom Patrol? Is he in that? I think that's no. a different... That's Robot Man or something like that, right? I don't fucking know. Anyway, you've got DC characters all over the place, and it, none of it makes any sense. And they all suck. <laughs> well, my only thing is poor Penguin. You know, it used to be that when he when he went on terrorizing the city, it took Batman to go after him. But apparently the TV series is just Gotham PD, so he doesn't even rate a superhero. There's just going to be cops going after him. How the mighty have fallen. I guess that's why it's the rise to power thing. But they kind of already did this when they did the Gotham TV show. A, A big portion of that was focused on Penguin, frankly, the. One of the best parts of that series was that character and his rise to power. So I, I, I kind of feel like they've done this already. Well, all right then. Yeah, like Barry said, it's DC. Eh, DC. You know, drown in Steve's tears. <laughs> now, I'll tell you one thing I would like to see that is technically DC, and that's The Authority. Have you read this? Ah, yes, mm-hmm. Authority's great. Authority is amazing, and it, it is technically same multiverse. That I would watch. A year after her acclaimed Netflix animated series ended, she is preparing to head back to the small screen, but this time she'll be headed to Amazon, and she will be in live action. Variety reports that Amazon is in early development of a new live-action she series that will serve as a new standalone adventure for the Princess of Power. The project does not yet have a star or a writer attached. It's just an idea that Amazon is keen to run with. And Princess of Power studio DreamWorks Animation is collaborating as an executive producer. Uh, She-Ra first appeared in the 1985 film He-Man and She-Ra, The Secret of the Sword, which was in reality just the first five episodes of her own animated series cut together to make a feature-length release. Uh, that animated series, She-Ra, Princess of Power, arrived later that same year and ran for 93 episodes. So, She-Ra's getting a live-action show, but it's not going to be at Netflix. It's now going to go to Amazon. Weird. It is weird. And it I, also, that that left out the, the, big, the big thing about it, too. Because with with all the diversity, they're doing a gender flip. It's actually going to be He-Ra. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a guy. Prince and of her, power. And what about her, her cousin, She-Man? Yeah. Yeah, She-Man. <laughs> oh, She-Man. Christ. Not getting better. Yeah. <laughs> Andy's going to love that one. It's going to be very popular on YouTube. Oh, Jesus. Don't even start. <laughs> Uh, this week, we lost actor Norm MacDonald, uh, best known for his time on Saturday Night Live. Uh, he was 61 years old. Uh, before SNL, he was a contestant on Star Search in 1990. And shortly after that, he was hired to write for Roseanne Barr's sitcom, Roseanne. 
He was an SNL cast member from 1993 to 1998, making his greatest impact as the anchor of the show's weekend update segments for three seasons. Among his most popular SNL bits was a gum-chomping impression of Burt Reynolds off the Nat Hilarious Odds with Will Ferrell's Alex Trebek. He appeared in a number of films, including Dirty Work, Grown Ups, Funny People, the Dr. Doolittle film trilogy, The Ridiculous Six, The People vs. Larry Flint, and Billy Madison. After SNL, McDonald started in his own comedy series, The Norm Show, from 1999 to 2001. He also did a talk show for Netflix, Norm McDonald Has a Show, in 2018. You know what? Looking back, I think he might have been my favorite weekend update deliverer. Host. Oh, hands down. Really, yeah, oh. absolutely. His dry, deadpanness was just spot on for delivering barbs. And he was like an 80-year-old man. <laughs> yes, Since he, he was, was young. He was great. I, I liked uh, his weekend update. My favorite's still um, Dennis Miller. But uh, his weekend update, uh, precisely because you said that dry delivery... It was just that, yeah, that and the Burt Reynolds shit. Oh, geez. God, that was funny. He started getting a little, uh, getting a little, uh, jumping, finding his brand, uh, towards the end there with the anti leftness, which is kind of disappointing and grating. But then again, I, when I heard that he'd been fighting this cancer for 10 years, yeah, man, fucking A. My God. And nobody knew or, you know, it, it wasn't public. Jesus. Right. That's a fight. So. So, woo. yeah, he will be missed. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation Showcase 2021 happened last week. Uh, here are some takeaways. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is getting remade. Developed by Asper, the remake is intended to honor the legacy of Darth Revan with modern tech to enhance the visuals and setting while keeping the story and characters intact. It's a PS5 exclusive, but only at launch. It'll make its way to Xbox and PC and other systems after that timed exclusivity runs out. Uh, it better so, be good. Kathleen uh, Kennedy better not touch it. Yeah. Keep her grubby hands off our PS5 exclusive. Okay, so Kathleen Kennedy be fired. She ain't gonna be touching nothing now because oh, she fired. I forgot it. She got fired. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, who? Yay! Yeah, I think Sony right. fired her too. <laughs> Sony fired her. Sony Santa Monica revealed the next God of War game. God of War Ragnarok will wrap up the Norse saga when it comes to the PS5 in 2022. And, of course, it was a given that Insomniac Games was working on a sequel to Marvel's Spider-Man, one that would see Peter Parker and Miles Morales team up to defend New York. The reveal trailer certainly provided that, showing the web-slinging duo as a cohesive unit while also fighting distinctly on their own. This time, they're going to go up against Venom, which I love this next few words, voiced by Tony Todd. And Kraven the Hunter will be in the mix as well. Uh, the game comes out in 2023, and Insomniac also casually announced they're doing a solo game for Wolverine with no announced release date. Uh, Insomniac's Spider-Man is one of the reasons to own a PlayStation. It's a phenomenal game. I played through the Miles Morales follow-up, also phenomenal, 
but it's more of a DLC length kind of thing. I was surprised when it ended so quickly. I was expecting a full game. I mean, they didn't charge the full like 60. They charged about 40 on it, but it was uh, a great game, but really short. So I'm, I'm glad they're working on, again, a full-size Spider-Man game. Do but, we know? Um, do we know if uh, Knights of the Old Republic is going to be faithful to the original, or will add new stuff, or will play the same way? Based what I saw, they're not adding anything story and character-wise that that will play the same game. But I have a feeling they will probably update some of the uh, technical aspects of it. Uh, okay, so that game was a triumph when it came out. Um, but game technology and, and audience has changed since then. And like the, the same controls and the, the same story beats seem, might seem a little clunky nowadays. Um, you can remake a game like Diablo 2, which they're doing, and update all the graphics and everything, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be you know, pretty amazing. Uh, but that game... You can update the graphics on it, but it's still the old kind of clunky gameplay, which was fun at the time because we didn't know any better, you know? Um, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'll play well, I, I think, Barry, one of the things that'll, that will save it is uh, the anticipated uh, add-on where you actually get to fight Kathleen Kennedy. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, shut up. So, um, I mean, you know... As you know, there are millions of Star Wars fans who are just going <laughs> to jump all over, you know, that opportunity. So it'll be a big, huge seller. And uh, do I get to play as Gina Carano? Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a pre-order, a pre-order, I'm pre-ordering right now, right now. I, I kind of hope they do just as a middle finger. It's, well, it just sounds what? wonderful. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I, I just want. I want there to be a scene in the Jedi Temple, and just in the background, there's there's one master sitting in the seat, looks just like her. Just, make make you know. it a twenty dollar character skin that yeah. <laughs> skins one of the bad guy characters. Yeah. And Dark twenty dollars, yeah, Dark twenty. Kennedy. They send you twenty dollars when you get it. Dark when this game comes out, there will be modders. Modders, I'm calling out to you to mod the whole Geek Shock crew at the Jedi Council. There oh, you Jesus. go. I want to see that. I want to see Barry with a four-foot-long neck. <laughs> what? Making that, the that, that one, that one master. You know, he had the four-foot-long oh, yeah. neck. You know, the, okay. the guy. Well, how the hell would that hold up his head? I know. Well, his hair would unbalance it. That's true. Who it, gets and, to be that weird hairy Jedi master? Oh, Andy. Yeah, that's there's yeah. no. Yeah. That's easy. <laughs> Now we're all like, all right, who's Jeff? Who's I thought Jeff? he had more. <laughs> <laughs> is Jeff Plo Koon? Is that, is that, okay. Oh, God, don't give him Plo Koon. What? I like Plo Koon. I want to have a mask on my face. No, Jeff is Kiati Mundi. Ah, yes. A long head. Yes. He's got a goatee. To make a long head short. Too late. <laughs> Elvira is plotting her return. I'll start that oh, over. Too. Her return. She's plotting her. I, you had me at Elvira, dude. She yeah, really. So Say no, no more. She she did make a couple of really terrible movies, but uh oh. Uh -oh. All right. 
Well, Avira is plotting her return to TV with a new special that commemorates the horror host's 40th anniversary of small screen scares. Shudder will broadcast a one-night movie marathon where the camp horror queen will return as host. Elvira's 40th anniversary, very scary, very special, is set to debut later this month on the streaming service. Shudder will sandwich four films into the anniversary special. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark from 1988, as you referenced already. Uh, also, along with The House on Haunted Hill, that's the original 1959 film, City of the Dead from 1960, and Messiah of Evil from 1973. It's all part of Shudder's yearly 61 Days of Halloween lineup, and it'll follow the familiar format Elvira first debuted all the way back in 1981 in the cult classic late-night TV series Elvira's Movie Macabre. Uh, you can watch Elvira's 40th anniversary, Very Scary, Very Special, on Saturday, September 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time through the Shutter TV feed within the Shutter app before it goes wide on Monday, September 27th to all Shutter platforms and owner AMC+. I remember seeing Elvira at a press junket at uh, Comic-Con. Todd, I don't know if you were with us or not, but she was a goddamn delight. Yes. She was wonderful and she was just playing it up as elvira for the press and everyone loved her and it was just a great time so she can do no wrong cassandra peterson is a joy in makeup or out yeah and elvira is too director christopher nolan has been (laughs) (laughs) wow i hurt barry yeah, well, you did because in my mind I'm thinking, wait a minute, what does Elvira look like without makeup? Oh wait, it's just Peter Peterson. <laughs> but I'm just picturing in my head Elvira being Elvira without makeup, and it's odd. And she's got a tan. Yeah. <laughs> Her foundation is all you know, clown white. Point goes to Kirsten. Director Christopher Nolan has been we'll shopping his. <laughs> we get points. Yes. This is the competition? Oh, God. Yeah. Now, okay, now my head's in the game. Oh, there we go. There we go. All right, He's bringing it now. Oh, I'll bet. Christopher Nolan <laughs> has been shot. <laughs> Director Christopher Nolan has been shopping his new film project around to other studios outside of Warner Brothers. The movie is set in World War II and will revolve around J. Robert Oppenheimer and his involvement with the development of the atom bomb. Nolan's new film has landed at Universal Pictures. The studio will finance and distribute the film. will reportedly have a $100 million-plus budget. Uh, Nolan was not happy with Warner Brothers and the way they handled their slate of the 2021 film by releasing them in theaters and on HBO Max simultaneously. So he made the decision to not work with them ever again, and he's moving on. Nolan is making yeah. sure that it's in his contracts from here on out that his films will be released in theaters only. Uh, he better get hip to the fact that the theater releasing, it's not going to be the same as it ever was. So he needs to... That's right, Christopher Nolan. You listen to Matthew Marshall, certified <laughs> nursing assistant. But it's true, you fuck. Oh, Wow. Is this a biopic or is it a fictional, uh, fictional thing for Oppenheimer, like a story with him in it? It's Nolan. It's Batman and Little Boy. It's going to be Oppenheimer constantly forgetting, you know, what Uranium-238 is. 
You got to look at the tattoos on his body. It's Nolan. We can't answer that question right now. Because I can't can see either way. Hundred million dollars into a biopic, but you know, if it's Oppenheimer versus the space monkeys, then you know, hey, maybe. Oh shit! I like that. The ninjas of Mars. Ooh. Oppenheimer versus the ninjas of Mars. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Everyone wins. Yeah. Except Matt. He's pissed. Yeah, <laughs> Let's do some red light, green light. <laughs> Red light, green light. Matt's going to say red light. <laughs> That's the new theme. All right, gentlemen, I call this meeting of Done Right Productions to order. I got four more pitches for you this time, and one or more of these may be fake. You get one green light each. The pitches we have are driver, twisted metal, players, and a werewolves. Those are your choices. We'll start with Driver. Ubisoft and the new streaming service Binge are teaming up to produce a live action series based on the popular video game franchise Driver. The original 1999 PlayStation Driver game centered on, quote, undercover agent and ex-race car driver John Tanner, whose mission is to take down the local crime syndicate, unquote. The sequels followed Tanner as he took his crime fighting across the globe to Miami, Rio de Janeiro, Istanbul, and more. Ubisoft Film and Television and Binge's Alan Ungar and Vincent Talenti will produce the series. Daniel Krennic, head of television development, Ubisoft Film and Television, said in a statement, quote, We're always open to new vehicles for storytelling. I see what she did there. Yeah! Yeah! So we're thrilled to partner with Binge, an exciting new platform that's uniquely dedicated to creating premium entertainment for gaming fans. Our mission at Ubisoft is to bring our games to life in new, exciting ways and create content set in the world, culture, and community of gaming. Working with Binge will allow us to bring a driver series directly to the audience who is most passionate about seeing this franchise come to life, unquote. Does this mean i got to buy another damn platform? The series will stream exclusively on Binge, which seeks to create high-quality content for gamers. So, what do you think about Binge? I think fuck them for having me buy yet another platform. Anyway, I never played the Driver series. Are they good? I barely remember it. Yeah, same. I barely remember them either. I had fun playing them. I remember that much. But I will hard red light this one already. Because another streaming service. Fuck yeah. that. I have to admit, binge kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, it, it's also your your uh, your pitch, the way you stayed, uh, said it, Todd, kind of summed it up. You started talking about Driver, and then you ended with, so there we have binge. It's like, wait, what <laughs> happened to Driver? What what are we talking about? This is I don't this... care about Driver anymore. Yeah, it's... Like, you could make like a Star Wars versus Star Trek porn movie. And I still wouldn't watch it because I have to buy another platform. Kirsten's thinking about it now. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. just trying to. I'm trying to fit Kathleen Kennedy in there somewhere. <laughs> oh, God. <Jeez. laughs> <laughs> killed it. 
point goes to Kirsten. I don't even want the points now. Now they're dirty. <laughs> <laughs> now that I see what you have to do to earn them. Oh, <laughs> conflict oh. points. Let's see how it stacks against Twisted Metal. Anthony Mackie has signed on to star in and executive produce a live-action TV series based on the video game franchise Twisted Metal. Wait, the is pro- it going to be on binge? The project is a team-up of Sony Pictures Television and PlayStation Productions and will star Mackie as John Doe, a, quote, motormouth outsider asked to deliver a package by crossing a wasteland full of enemies driving post-apocalyptic vehicles, including the video game's franchise legendary ice cream dri- truck-driving clown Sweet Tooth. Uh, Deadpool and Zombieland writers Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick came up with the concept. Reese and Wernick will serve as executive producers on the project, but will hand off writing duties to Michael Jonathan Smith, best known for his work on the YouTube slash Netflix hit Cobra Kai. The first Twisted Metal arrived for the Sony PlayStation back in 1995 and immediately became a hit game, spawning half a dozen sequels and assorted spinoffs. So what are your thoughts about Twisted Metal starring Anthony Mackie? I played the hell out of some Twisted Metal back in the day, me and Paul and all. And we all used to play Twisted Metal, and it was great. Uh, as I remember, Twisted Metal was a competition or something. This sounds like just a bunch of crazy people. This sounds like Mad Max. Twisted Metal was basically uh, Arena Destruction Derby. Yeah, yeah that's exactly uh, what it was. Uh, destruction Derby with guns. Yeah. Now it sounds Mad Max or uh, Death Race 2000. How do you make a movie based on that? The premise of here's a, here's a competition, but it's not a competition. Now they're making it just a guy delivering a piece of a message. I'll raise you one. How do you make a TV series out of it? Or it bat. sounds like it sounds like the mailman. Like the what? Yeah, the Kevin. Oh, the postman. Sorry, the, post- <laughs> the mailman. The mailman. <laughs> the mailman. <laughs> The good, David Brin, the good David Brin book turned into a mediocre sci-fi movie. Eh, Anthony Mackie, okay, maybe, but I don't know. Maybe he's just trying to get money for a boat. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I like the Mad Max angle. Well, I also like the, is it writers behind yeah. Cobra Kai? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's good. Deadpool, yeah. Cobra Kai guys. Yeah. All right, we'll see how that stacks up against Players. Paramount Plus has ordered a new series called Players from Netflix's American Vandal creators. Players will be a comedy documentary-style series about a group of League of Legends esports players. Here's the official synopsis. Quote, from the Peabody Award-winning creators of American Vandal, Tori Yacienda and Dan Peralt, Players is a comedic documentary-style series that follows a fictional pro League of Legends esports team as they pursue their first championship after years of close calls and heartache. To win it all, they will need their prodigy, a 17-year-old rookie and their 27-year-old veteran, to put their egos aside and work together. Unquote. What do you think of Players? No, I... Might watch that if it's a comedy in the style of Parks and Rec or The Office. If it uh, is sounds not, like it is. I will give that a shot. I won't watch it. I hate League of Legends. I hate all esports. So, no, I'm not going to watch it. Paramount Plus, nah. I just right, hate the, the whole young, old, get over their egos, work together angle. It's like, ugh. It's going to have to have a good ensemble cast the same way Parks and Rec did and The Office. If you don't have that... 
then it's just gonna tr- it's gonna be a try hard. I don't know. And let's see how it stacks against a werewolves. Universal Television and Hammer Horror are developing a show called A Werewolves for Peacock. Tommy Lee Wallace, who directed the TV show version of It and Halloween Three, will executive produce and showrun under his Harvest King Productions banner. Here's the description: "Quote." In a world of werewolves, vampires, and other things that go bump in the night, one pack of lycanthropes near central New England turned to the ancient Japanese discipline of Budo Tiajutsu to control their mind, body, and spirit, and the effect the moon has over them. This jury of personal empowerment and found family quickly puts the pack at odds with the better organized groups of monsters who view them as a threat. It's Sons of Anarchy meets True Blood in the Northeast. What do you think of a werewolves? I'm going to give that a full red light. Sounds Why? stupid. I was just, I, okay, at first I thought, at first, at first I thought a werewolves was going to be like some like social justice warrior werewolf <laughs> bullshit, but uh, it was. Uh, I think it needs a rename. Um, if it's like Sons of Anarchy but with werewolves. Yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah, a whole bunch of monsters fighting, werewolves and vampires and shit. I could, uh, I could, I could get behind that. Yeah. All right, there's your choices. You've got Driver, Twisted Metal, Players, and a Werewolves. Where do you put your green light, Matt? Perfect, because the dog's going nuts over here. Um, <laughs> she wants to go out again. I'm gonna have to give my green light to Twisted Metal. I'm thinking Twisted Metal. Um, Driver, I don't remember much about it. She also agrees. <laughs> and uh, players, no. I, I could care less about the eSports and especially League of Legends. Never really played it. Never really grabbed me. And then, obviously, Sons of Anarchy, Werewolves, Vampires, True Blood. No. Green Light right. goes to Twisted Metal. All I right. like the pedigree behind it. I like the writers, especially Cobra Kai Deadpool. And Anthony Mackie's good, so there's All right. That. It's one for Twisted Metal. Barry, where you put your green? I'm going to put my green reluctantly behind a werewolves because I think it would make money. I'm not over the top of – I'm not over the moon about any of these. Hey, I made a pun, over the moon. I'm not <laughs> over the moon about uh, any of these properties, but uh, I just got to put my uh, my vote where money goes. Okay, where do you put your green? Well, I think Barry's a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> Sad Trump. <laughs> um, I you know what? Uh, driver, nah, nothing got me on that one. Players, nah, that didn't get me either. Uh, Twisted Metal and a Werewolves are actually uh, neck and neck, and I think I'm going to agree with Matt in terms of the pedigree for Twisted Metal. The Deadpool people, the Cobra Kai people. Uh, a Werewolves, though, has my attention simply because, you know, hey, Sons of Anarchy, werewolves and, and vampires and, and shit and, you know, monsters fighting. Monsters fighting is always a good thing. So, but I will say Twisted Metal edges out just a hair. So, Twisted Metal. It's got no plot, man. No real plot. <laughs> I, well... Yeah, what has plot here? What has plot? <laughs> oh, a bunch of werewolves do some Shaolin shit. Well, you know? you know, Sons of Anarchy 
didn't had a plot, kind of. There's a bunch what, of gang ripped guys. Off Hamlet. Guns, whatever. <laughs> and what? Okay, I, I'll give this. I don't like the Shaolin shit with the with the werewolves. I don't. I don't. I don't like that. Yeah. I really, really fucking hate the title. I'm I'm just greenlighting it just because I know people will watch it and it'll make money. All right. Well, yeah, yeah. Mad Max. Instead of Doof Warrior, we're going to have the Ice Cream Cone Man. So I think that's going to make money. Ice Cream oh, Cone Man. Ice Cream Cone! And with two votes, Twisted Metal gets the green light. It's official. That's what we back. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> and uh, which of these do you think are fake? Uh, Barry? The, the, the video game one is fake. Players? Fake Players? Because there's three video game ones here. <laughs> oh, the, 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 the players one. It sounds like okay. shit. <laughs> Kirsten, what do you think's fake? Uh, you know what? I'm leaning towards uh, players being fake. Um, uh, werewolves. I don't know. That, that, that whole how they, how, how they set themselves apart. Uh, uh, do, do shock monkeys really think that way? I don't know. I don't know. It, 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 there's enough, there's enough about that that could be Matt Wardish that it's like, hmm. It but, also sounds kind of like, it sounds kind of hinky to me too, but the other one sounds more hinky. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and yeah, Driver, uh, Twisted Metal, didn't we talk about that a couple of years ago? I, I, could have sworn we actually talked about Twisted Metal being... We talked about it three times. This is the third time they yeah. tried to turn Twisted Metal onto something. So, so but this is you the know. furthest they've gotten, so... Yeah. Well, that right there smells suspicious, let me tell you. But come on, Ice Cream Cone Man Mad Max. I gotta believe. I must believe that that is real. So, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna agree with Barry. I think Players is the fake. Matt, what do you think's fake? I'm going to go with players as well. I just don't think there's anything there. Wow, a clean sweep on players this week. The fake one was sent to us by none other than Asshole Gabe from Boston. And the fake one is a werewolf. There it is. (laughs) We dodged a bullet. Good oh, job. You know, Nobody that, chose it as fake. I'm impressed. That that was wow. So somebody actually uh hmm. signed a check for that. Like really. <laughs> <laughs> Monsters fighting. That's Monsters great. Fighting. We need that. We need werewolves and vampires fighting and shit on a weekly basis. Todd, you had me at monsters and a, like a sons of anarchy type of thing. My brain took just took that and ignored the fact that they were like like doing kung fu Shaolin Tai Chi shit to calm themselves or whatever. It's, and I should have. <laughs> no, it's a it's a good pitch. We get yeah. some great pitches, and yeah. uh, even even though the title does sound like a Paul joke. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Oh, now I really hate it. All we needed was uh, a line about washing their balls. <laughs> oh, werewolf balls. And if you have a Wolfman's got stars. write to us comments at uglycouchshow.com and put pitches bitches in the heading and in the body put it in your pitch and uh, we'll it'll probably make the show. <laughs> <laughs>
I tell you what, <laughs> most of them have. There's been a few of them that are like, I, that, that's, it's so obvious that we, we can't do that. It's, it's, it's got to be a game in there somewhere. Uh, but you got to put, you got to put four of those have. together. The obvious ones, just four oh, of them. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I might be able to do that. <laughs> well, what you need to do, Todd, is wait for a real proposal that sounds so ridiculously stupid. And then you put it in with three fake ones. And then we have mm. to decide which one of these is real. Oh, wow. That's not a bad idea. That's an interesting way to flip it. Yeah. Which, like the, which, which of like, you get one red light? Which one do you red light? Yeah, like like players, right? I mean, <laughs> we obviously would have fucking uh, been uh, killed on that if uh, if players had been part of three with three other fakes. Or, you know, one of those like Hasbro properties. You know, those trying to turn into a movie. <laughs> One of those. Just shoots and ladders. Yeah. <laughs> that they're actually doing. The <laughs> movie. The series. They need to make the... a series of board game movies, but like have them be like little half an hour things. Every sure. week have a different different uh movie like movie, quote unquote. Go through the Parker Brothers lineup. Ooh. We'll we'll do that in a second. Uh, until next time, I am Master Torgo. Commander K. Maple Leaf Matt. Blarg, soon to not be a guest star anymore. <laughs> and we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Too true. The man's coming back. Yeah. Full-fledged. Coming <laughs> home. All right, I want to yeah. revisit this board game thing, though. Yeah, let's do There's still so, something there. Because the, the, the film for 2020. Cooties. You know, so there's... <laughs> <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. executive produces and stars in Barrel of Monkeys. <laughs> Isn't that a Marx Brother movie? I don't know. Is oh, it? Monkeys? I, I don't know. I, 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 uh, okay, if what it, if it good, isn't, it should be. What are the good, like, old school 80s board games? Uh, be like I, Jim Carrey, the zany Jim Carrey in Hungry, Hungry Hippos. <laughs> <laughs> Did they ever do a Monopoly uh, movie? Not yet, but I'll bet you. I'll bet you it's in development somewhere. Some sort of unannounced development. Like someone has the rights to it and haven't but announced their project. Like, but it's got to be like goofy, you know? Like, how, how is it that I'm going through all these streets? And what are these different colors on the roads? I don't understand. And just, have it just be totally tongue-in-cheek. That's what I want to see. That sounds like a five-minute movie. <laughs> well, these, are, these, should, these would be like 30-minute like episodes. Like every week you'd have a new board game quote unquote movie battleship that was crap there you go yeah operation oh god I mean, gory tom holland and matthew mcconaughey stuck in the worst winter in alaska in centuries in don't break the ice <laughs> there you go now see i'm picturing operation as a bunch of six-year-olds getting around uh, a body and and oh oh I got your funny bone while some guys on the table his nose like lit up red screaming. Oh okay, so Keanu oh, Reeves and uh, <laughs> we could do some CGI and bring back River Phoenix. It'll be on Chiller. Yeah, another streaming service I don't own. Ooh, horror board games. It'll be like um, uh, Tales from the Crypt. Where each one, each like little half an hour show is just a little horror vignette, and each one's around a board game. Oh, I, I, can see the, I can see the first episode of yeah, horror board game, where 
a group is playing a card game, uh, let's say Pit, that never ends. You fucker. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. You muted yourself. You're muted, Todd. Todd, you're muted. You muted yourself. Amateur hour. Amateur hour. God damn my life. Uh, oh, the can... game of life. So kids. Isn't that play just modern family? But then it turns out that they that, like it's actually controlling their lives. So it's like Jumanji, but horror. Oh, but they. Oh, wow. <laughs> five, four kids, five, six kids. I don't have a car to support this. And then all the rest of the kids like end up getting like that down the wrong path. But Man. they they don't want to go down that path. But they can't help it because they rolled bad. They, they, their lives are, are just based around the roll of this weird wheel in the sky. Oh, what a horror thing that is. Ooh, it's terrible. There you go. All my kids are pink and blue. That's pretty good. Chinese checkers. Oh, geez. I don't they know if they can be clerks pecker. for Asian Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It'd just be a bunch of kid, pe- bunch of people beating each other and throwing them <laughs> just, just people randomly hitting be- people in the street. Saying sorry and running off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're you're trying you're trying to you're like trying to go to work or you're trying to go home, but then these assholes keep coming along and bumping into you and sending you back to start. Mousetrap. How would they do mousetrap? Oh, that, well, that'd be easy. That'd be a, a wacky professor. Uh, Bill Hader is the wacky professor that's trying to build a better mousetrap. And then, like, he, he gets some kids to help him from the neighborhood, but those kids keep going missing because this mousetrap is just a, is an ocean nightmare. And uh, he keeps falling on them, and he keeps trying to throw kids out in the backyard. So it's a horror film. It's, uh, so it's like Saw, but one thing leads to the next one. Yeah, and to get out, they've got to build the mousetrap. The professor is Professor Rube Goldberg. And just like the game, there will be like a board on the bottom, but no, everyone ignores it and just plays with the mousetrap. <laughs> oh, I've got, I've got the cap. Try to think of like Catan, like oh, Jesus, someone the building yourself endless game. road all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> the best '80s game. I want to bite your finger. It'll be like the worst vampire ever who just goes around and bites people's fingers, and he dies because he's terrible. <laughs> I guess these are half an hour episodes. Yeah, okay. I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> like, put together a half hour episode. <laughs> no, what about Clue? That's already kind of been done, right? Yeah, no. And it should never, and I will, Hollywood, listen to me. It should never be remade. It's perfect <laughs> as it is. Well, well what about its uh, kissing cousin, Who Done It? What the hell is that? It, it, it's kind of like, uh, guess who? Again, what? Uh, there, there's a group of, of people. You have pictures of all these different characters, and you have to guess which one the other person is first. Oh, yeah. You the guess headband. who you are. So, yeah. like, do you have glasses on? Are you wearing a jacket? I remember that game. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's for kids, but it's still in production. They're still making it. Or at least guess who they are. Okay. Ooh, okay, here's an 80s game. How about Stop Thief? Again, don't know what that one is. Stop Thief was a a you have to find out where the criminal is, but its whole gimmick was there was a little electronic machine that would give you sound effects that would tell you 
where on the board the thing was by whether you heard glass breaking or walking down the street or opening a door or taking the subway. And so you had to deduct by listening to the sound and looking at the board where that thief is at that moment. And it's a very, very complex board. This is a pretty good game, actually. Huh. Okay, I might want to play that, but I don't know if that's going to translate. That's a little too complicated. I want, like... No, no, you have a deaf detective, so all they can do is hear things from the thief. But they have super hearing like Daredevil. This was, wasn't that the plot of Hear No Evil, See No Evil, starring Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor? Half of it. Yeah, kind (laughs) of. Trouble. I forgot about this one. Topple, too. Remember Topple? Oh, I remember Topple. Wow, how do you translate that abstract (sighs) thing into a movie? Okay, I got it. Um... People are on a space station, and they have to remove the uh, nuclear fuel rods. <laughs> but if they do it wrong, all like the nucle- nuclear fuel just drops to in the bottom, and, and everyone dies. Well, Wait, is I, that that sounds like you... Chernobyl? That'd be a great game on its own, <laughs> right? But but isn't that? Are you describing Kerplunk? Sorry, I'm thinking of Kerplunk. What the hell's Topol? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Similar. It's it's the um you got like a little board on top of just a pillar and you remove pieces and it walk like let me get it. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. Trouble with the Popomatic. Oh. And you got these people encased in a dome. <laughs> Pop That's just future sorry where people are running up and punching people. I- I'm sorry now that we started this. <laughs> It's like the, the... <laughs> oh yeah! Well, wow, <laughs> what's it, like? it like there, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. She needs to go. Out... She needs to go outside. I'll be right back. Uh oh! Somebody's got a dookie. So yeah, Ouija. Can you really call it a game, Ouija? I know it's it's just weird. It's it's more of a magic trick. Yeah, magic trick. One of your friends is forcing a thing to spell out. <laughs> yes. So, so it's a social deduction game, right? Did you have to figure <laughs> yeah. out who the traitor is? I love it already. There you go. Hey, uh, werewolves, right? We could, you know, have game TV shows like Secret Hitler. I think that. Oh, now cool. we're getting now we're getting to modern board games. Yeah. You know what? Gloomhaven. That's all you need to say. Gloomhaven. <laughs> it's already the story's built in. You're good to go. Even with Barry here. Matt, you're, you're still you're still handling it. Yeah, but Barry's actually pretty funny. Andy's like, oh, oh, oh and then he spits it out, and you're like, you waited all that time for that? Like, what? I thought Andy was here for a second. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> man. It was weird. I, I'm surprised. I'm I'm not wet with something spilled on me. All right. Or say that again, please. Nope, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. All right, gentlemen, we've got news to get to. Let's do some news you don't give a shit about. You've been working on your raspberry. I've been working my raspberry off. I got nothing for that. (laughs) (laughs) I got nothing. Come on, Barry. You're the funny one this week. That's a lot of pressure. I know. (laughs) Todd. I'm trying to write down what you said, and I forgot most of it. (laughs) Mail, mail. We've got mail. That's all you get for free. (laughs) 